Are you ready to begin your journey out of the realm of just theories and into a world of excitement and experience that only comes with braving the unknown? Join us as we speak to entrepreneurs who have faced the challenges of successfully creating businesses at home as well as abroad. Whether it's arts, services, or tech, from Shanghai to Tokyo, Bangkok to Mumbai, we'll help you find your inspiration and turn it into action. Get ready for Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now welcome your host, Neville J. McKenzie. In today's podcast, roles are reversed and I'm the one discussing my thoughts. The conversation was with Erin Sota and was held at the Hive co-working space Lavender podcast studio in Singapore. The Hive has allowed me to share the podcast on my platform as I talk about the topic of podcasting generally. From using podcasts in education. That seems um, far more efficient than just sitting in a lecture, uh, listening, absorbing and taking notes. So this blended learning, it sounds like the students are getting the opportunity to absorb the information outside of the class and then apply it together. To building a community around podcasting. And this is where I hope that we can build a community because it's not, it's not about the competition between podcasters because there's an, I think there's a niche for everyone. So now, without further delay, let's begin. You're listening to the first episode of the Hive podcasting series. This series is a platform where we interview members of the community on a range of different topics, from current events to the lowdown on what's trending, and on people that we find interesting and who may offer advice to our listeners. My name is Erin, and I'll be your host for this series. Any listeners out there who feel they would like to join us on the show, feel free to drop us an email at contact at thehive.sg. Our first episode, we're talking to Neville J. McKenzie. Neville is the producer of an international podcasting series called Asia Biz Stories, a platform where he speaks to entrepreneurs from around the world, highlighting their businesses and experiences. Welcome to our show, Neville. It's a pleasure having you here. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks <laughs> for inviting me. You're absolutely welcome. Neville, you appear to be a podcast enthusiast and have turned something you enjoy into a useful platform whereby your listeners gain insight from your Entrepreneurs in Action series. How did you get into the world of producing and podcasting? Um, well, it starts off with me when I lived in China for over 14 and a half years. And I worked, before that, in the UK, I worked as an electrical and electronic engineer, something very different. And after going to China, I was teaching uh, for five and a half years. Then I studied Chinese full-time for two years. And then I started working for a German automobile uh, manufacturer, not manufacturer, uh, consultancy. Uh, that 2008, I then started working for a Chinese company, uh, Electronics. And then I moved on to a foundry. And it was while I was at the foundry that I started being involved with the entrepreneur community in Shanghai. And sitting down one day uh, at a meetup, I was thinking, well, what can I do to help out in other ways? And the idea came to me to record a conversation with one of the presenters 
and then place it on a online magazine website for one of the organizers of the events and he agreed and that was the beginning of Asia Biz Stories Entrepreneurs in Action. It wasn't long before I re-edited those audio files and then put them out under my own um, website. Okay, wow. So the initial interest then was just to help get this information out into the world as opposed to just being in the meeting room you were in. Yeah, yeah, because I felt that the group had a few thousand members, but only maybe 20 or 30 attended the meetups, and that was because the meetups were held during a lunchtime meeting. Ah, I see. Well, that was good thinking. So, Neville, most of us are quite visual beings and are constantly on our phones streaming the latest in videos and online content. In your opinion, what is the appeal of podcasting? Um, Well, first of all, I'd like to say that we're a combination of all five senses, uh, touch, sight, smell, taste, and sound, and what we hear. And when you um, get to know somebody really well, you tend not to look at them, you tend to listen to their voice. And this is why I think podcasting uh, takes off, because as you get used to a podcaster and listening to um, the content, and if you're interested in it, you become almost a friend, or they become almost a friend, even if they you, you actually know consciously they don't know you, but you get used to their mannerisms, their way of speaking. So you don't need to actually have the visual to understand when something's important, when something's relevant. Also, comparing uh, visual and audio, if you're actually watching something and the visual content isn't quite up to spec, you're you're more forgiving than if the audio isn't quite up to spec. If you can't make out what's being said, it's, it's more annoying for most people whether they are visual or audio types of person. And then the last point I like to say is that a picture might say a thousand words, but if you really want to focus and get your meaning across, then a few words will uh, tell people what they're supposed to be focused on. And that's what podcasting does. It, It gives you, when it's done well, and even when it's done badly, you can hear when... A key point is being made. Wow, I've never looked at it that way, but I suppose you're very right. Um, Something visual can be so open to interpretations, but yeah, if it's in words, what you hear is what you hear. Uh, Interesting perspective. From your experience, what are some of the biggest challenges in creating and operating a successful podcast? Well, I'd say the first challenge is actually because it's so easy to do a podcast or to start a podcast. And it then gives the impression that it's going to be easy from then on. But in fact, what it does, it's it's quite challenging to keep a podcast going. So while it may be easy to start, you then have to make decisions on the topic, the format, the planning, organizing, whether you're going to do it solo or with a guest or with a partner, the time you're going to spend on it. And, of course, discipline, fear of failure, and the imposter syndrome, of course. 
And then I think one thing that's really important, what, what other people are going to think, because the people around you can either encourage you or discourage you. And that's something that happened when I first started in China. And I would mention podcasts to people and they would give me blank looks of what's that and why are you doing that? They, they couldn't see the benefits of what we're about to come in the future and what we're seeing now. And in terms of, um, you say, the challenge of maintaining and planning for a podcast series, what's, a, what's one method in which you can keep on top of this challenge? Uh, well, if you start from the beginning, if you're a complete beginner, the first thing is to start recording. And I would suggest that you start recording uh, for a minute. You stop, you listen, and then you look at how you can improve it. You look at maybe one to three things that you can improve, no more, because you'll be overwhelmed. And you move on from there. And if, you're, uh, if you've been podcasting from some, for some time, I would also suggest you do the same thing. You're always looking to improve what you're producing. Uh, never, oh, don't overwhelm yourself by trying to make too many changes in one go, unless you, it's a rebranding, which people may do at times and view it as experimenting learning and being creative because you're now being a creative I my experience I was an engineer and I'm now a podcaster and the difference is in one case I would be maybe testing or assembling uh, a, a device but now I'm actually going through the creative process Certainly is quite a process. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I understand you've encouraged and helped other podcasters grow in their abilities through your own series of podcast workshops. In your time as a podcaster, would you say the global podcasting community has grown? Definitely. Uh, if you go back to 2004, when the first podcasts were being produced, it was through the geeks. But now, when you look around the world, the podcasting community has grown, so now businesses are definitely interested. And interesting statistics, I don't want to bore you with too many statistics here, uh, but in the UK, 21% of the population say they've listened to a podcast in a month, in the last month. In the USA, it's 35%. In Ireland, it's 37%. And the last two, I think, will surprise you. Spain is 39%, and the biggest surprise of all is South Korea, where 53% of a, the adult population have said they've listened to a podcast in the last month. Wow, those are surprising figures. I, I had no idea that um, so many people were listening around the world. And what sort of podcasts do you think, in these countries where they're the most successful, We'll have the highest number of listeners. Do you have any idea what sort of content people are listening to? It's the whole range. Uh, it would be from entertainment, comedians, uh, podcasts based on the television uh, programs, films, and business, uh, news, uh, training. Uh, podcasts are very educational. Uh, if you, and if you choose the right podcast or something that you're interested in, you'll find that you learn a lot over time. I've definitely learned a lot.
in my time listening to podcasts. Jumping back to you saying that listening to podcasts can feel very familiar and you get to know the person's voice and mannerisms. To me, this links up a lot with community um, and being around or listening to people that you are comfortable with. What does the term community mean to you and how important is it that people feel a part of a community? Uh, well, in this case, I would assume that you're when you talk about community, you're talking about the podcasters and the podcast producers. Yes. And in the UK of the recent years, um, events, podcasting events where podcasters and producers get together, they've been increasing and getting bigger. Similarly, in the US, uh, there are some major events which are now international. Uh, the same um, podcasters that have been producing for a number of years are now getting worldwide audiences in some of the in many of the fields that we talked to about before however with the exception of korea southeast asia is lagging behind europe and the usa so while there are uh, podcasters are um, entering in these areas they're still very individual you'll notice that in the podcasters tend to work alone in the beginning, and then they form their community. So I'd say in Singapore, most of the podcasters and producers tend to work alone. And those that I've met and talked with, they usually work in alone. So I think there's a scope to create a community of podcasters and podcast producers here in Singapore. That's very interesting mm -hmm. to hear. So the Singaporean podcasting community should all band together a bit more often, perhaps have some events yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and share their skills with each other. Yeah, and just one other point. When I came to Singapore three years ago in 2016, uh, I mentioned podcast, and the response was usually that blank look or that's not done here. And in the last year, um, podcasters have new podcasts have entered and also people have come to me and asking me and if they can brainstorm and um, what I think of their ideas with podcasting. So it's definitely changing in Singapore. That's yeah. good to hear. For someone that is brand new to the world of podcasting but is interested to start, what would some general and useful advice be that you may have for them? Uh, well, as I, said, as I said before, it's quite easy to enter to be a podcaster. Uh, really all you need is a microphone and a recording device and that comes in the form of your mobile phone. Uh, but the thing that is important is wherever you are with your podcasting journey is to look on it as a steady improvement. You're not going to make dramatic improvements. Your first podcast is definitely not going to be as good as the last one you made. So as long as you're looking for steady improvement, I think that's the main thing you should uh, consider and not look at where you are, but look at how can I improve and take that thought and that idea into your being, so to speak. So it's a continual process, not simply getting from A to B, but continue 
continuing to grow your skills. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's very much a skills skills based uh, occupation or pastime, depending on how you how you view it and what where you think you want to take it. Your you know most people are not audio engineers. You know that you know to, if you're a professional audio engineer, your first podcast will sound amazing because you have those audio skills. But if you are an, uh, sort of a, an engineer like I was, even though because I wasn't an audio engineer, I was an um, electronic engineer, I understood the principles. And I think that most people understand the principles. If you can cut and paste in uh, a word processor, you can podcast and you can edit a podcast because it's basically the same thing. You know, you, if you want to remove a, a sentence or a sound that wasn't, that shouldn't be there, you just cut it out. If you want to uh, change the order of a sentence, I'm revealing the secrets now. Um, <laughs> you can do that. You can make pe- you know you can make people sound better than they are. You can cut out the um 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 ums. Yeah. And people will sound very eloquent when they speak. Okay, so I suppose it's just refining those those editing skills over time. For our listeners who don't know much about what it t- takes to start a podcast, um, I know you've answered this in a few ways already, but in terms of technical details, what sort of manpower do you need? What are the typical operating costs? Uh, can you just talk us through a typical day of producing and releasing a single podcast? Well, in terms of cost, I'd say it can be zero. If you have a laptop and even a mobile phone, then you can start your podcast at zero cost. There are podcast apps now that you can download onto your phone, which you can record your thoughts, your ideas, and upload them. Um, And all it costs then is time. So as long as you've got something to say, you can upload it. There are some questions about um, doing it that way. Uh, because you have li- very little control. But if you want more control, uh, then you're going to create uh, maybe a website, a, um, a, well, let me just go through the list here. Sure. First of all, you've got research, scripting. Uh, you've got to make an, create an outline, uh, recording, editing, uh, audio processing, uploading to a host, uh, promoting the podcast, and all of this can take from minutes or hours a day to days and even months to produce a podcast. Some of the podcasts, for instance, the True Crimes podcast, they have teams of podcasters um, play, carrying out different roles, and it takes them months to produce a podcast. Now, if you're a solo podcaster, you are not going to want to do that. Uh, but I also know that there are solo podcasters, uh, usually from a journalistic background, which are doing investigative um, podcasts, and they're usually spending weeks and sometimes a few months producing a series of, say, 10, 12 episodes, and that takes a lot of work. So, you know, you can just be throwing out your ideas... (coughs) Or you can be planning and producing a very professional-sounding 
podcast that uh, has a lot to say. Okay, so the in terms of the manpower and the time depends on the quality you'd like as well as the content. Uh, in terms of hosts, do you have any hosts you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, when you say host, you professional so, speakers or... Oh, sorry, please excuse my lack of clarity. Um, once you've recorded a podcast, uh, you need to upload it to a host in order to release it on an online listening platform. Am I correct? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you mean. You mean the um, media host? Yes, the yeah, media, media host. Media host, okay. Um, well, personally, I myself use Blueberry. Uh, Libsyn is another popular one. Um, and at the moment, uh, SoundCloud is one uh, people use. And I think they're about the three main ones. But there, there are new ones popping up all the time. I mean, I've been using Sound, uh, Blueberry um, for my site since 2015. I'm quite happy with it. I, there's a monthly cost to it, of course. And this is one of the things you have to consider uh, your budget, um, how how much you're gonna, um, how much time you're gonna put into it. So, the apps that are can be used on the phone, uh, they're usually free, and the reason they're free is because at some time in the future, these companies are hoping to be able to monetize your content. Whereas if you use your own host, it's at the moment it's very difficult for somebody else to monetize your content, but. With the apps and the um, way that they're being structured, they're planning and hoping to monetize your content, which means that we go into the area of how do you generate um, an income from your podcast. Yeah. Okay, so it's safer to have a media host, um, especially in terms of the future and where your recordings end up. Do you have any tips on getting an audience? Well, getting an audience, um, that is uh, the tricky question. The first thing I suggest is, who do you know now? And that's usually going to be your, your audience. Who do you know now, whether it's your interest or your business? That is where your audience is going to come from. After that, the next thing you have to look at is, how big is that audience? Is it an audience that... Um, if it's, for example, if it's a business, the audience may be thousands or millions, depending on what you're selling. And then once you've worked that out, you then have to think, well, if I get 50% of that audience, is that success for me? If I get 20%, is that success? So building, I'm always, when I get asked this question on um, how do you build an audience, I always have to say, it depends on the topic, um, what you view as success for your business, and are you using it as a marketing tool? Are you using it just as a, a thing of interest? If you're, say, a comedian, you're going to want millions of downloads because everyone loves comedy. If you're maybe a, a let's think of a, a, a high-leveled solicitor or barrister or lawyer, the market may be very few. It may be you're appealing to CEOs in a particular industry. So you're, you have to look at what the return is going to be for your podcast. 
think in, in for example, here at the Hive in the co-working space, um, you'd want to be looking at potential entrepreneurs, uh, small businesses that would be coming in to a co-working space and build an audience based on that. So you'd have to look at say, what is the um, potential entrepreneur audience in Singapore? And then measure your success according to that. Neville, that's been an, a very insightful answer. Uh, thank you. Uh, in your opinion, what are the key factors, very simply, versus a good and a bad podcast? What uh, are certain things we can avoid in making, let's say, a bad podcast? Well, without doubt, it's going to be the audio quality. Once you've got that right, um, then it's your topic and making the content delivered in a way that's interesting and relevant to your audience. If it's not interesting and relevant to who your audience, whoever they are, then it's going to be a bad podcast. But first of all, it's got to be the audio content. Okay, noted. It's all about the audio content. Yeah. How do you think we can utilize podcasts to engage the youth in Singapore? Um, I, th I think it goes back to the answer I just gave, being uh, relevant, uh, entertaining and informative. And for the younger people, it's going to be maybe in different formats. You might be looking at things like TikTok to put your message out there that you have a podcast or um, Facebook or any of the other social media channels in order to get them from there to your podcast. And it, it might take a long process. Some people, it takes years. Some people never get to do it. So uh, I think it's going to be the same whatever demographic you're looking at. And if you look at the um, the statistics on who listens to podcasts, it's the younger demographic rather than the older demographic, generally. Okay. And uh, with all these youngsters listening to podcasts, do you think we could use it as a tool for learning in the education industry? And if so, how could schools go about this? Well, definitely I can say that as I've been using podcasts for education since 2007, um, and the university I lecture at now, we use uh, podcasts to uh, educate students, uh, and it's used widely throughout the university. Uh, one of the things on my module is to produce a video with audio content. So that is something that students are required to do and it's assessed as a, um, a, a formal assignment. Podcasts are a great way to develop um, researching skills, writing skills, and all the other skills that go into making the modern communication world in order to get a message out there. So. It's definitely something that is being included in universities and colleges and many schools now. And if you go online, you can definitely find information out there. Oh, that's very good to hear. I don't think I quite realized what the prevalence of podcasting uh, in, the, in the education system was. But good to hear that it's a tool you use um, at the universities. And another point, just to add... Uh, Universities, colleges and schools, they're moving towards blended learning. And what blended learning is, it, it requires students to work outside the classroom 
on their own, which means that they would be listening to podcasts, watching videos, reading, and then with blended learning, when they come into the classroom, that's when uh, more activity type um, activities uh, yeah. take place. So then you're not asking students to sit down and read or watch videos in the class. You're actually sending them to uh, a website or a podcast and saying, read, listen to this. Then when we come into the classroom, we'll discuss what you've learned from it. That seems um, far more efficient than just sitting in a lecture, uh, listening, absorbing and taking notes. So this blended learning, it sounds like the students are getting the opportunity to absorb the information outside of the class and then apply it together. That's a new concept to me. Um, this would have been a great tool when I was at university. <laughs> but there, there is one uh, caveat to that, and that is that it requires a change in the parents and the students because particularly in uh, in Asia uh, the classroom is where you do the learning the teacher stands at the front of the class and he delivers information and for many parents and many students this is the accepted way to study and the change is is, have, is occurring gradually because of the resistance of the parents and the students. Teachers, it, it will increase their workload. So it means for me, I have to record, uh, edit my own content, which in my situation is fun because I'm already doing it. But for other uh, teachers in other areas, it's something they're gonna have to learn. Uh, but as we move forward, I, this is a much more, well, I see it as a better way of learning as well. It certainly sounds like a better way of learning. I suppose we just need to convince the parents now. And the students. <laughs> and the students to get listening to their podcasts, mm -hmm. even when they're not at school. I've noticed a lot of podcast stations are free and need no subscription. While free content is great for the listener, it surely limits the person behind the scenes putting in all the hard work. Do you have an opinion? Well, my opinion is that generally a podcast isn't going to make you money on its own. It's not going to make you money. So as for a business, it's got to be seen as a marketing tool, a way of explaining what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. For a, an individual like me, um, who's more on the technical side of producing and producing podcasts, it's where I would be helping people to produce their podcasts, maybe in form of training, advice, consulting. But the individual hobbyist, it can be just a fun thing. So it's something that they do uh, based on, like any other hobby, it's based on how much time you want to put into it, uh, what resources you have, and of course, in the same way that it was simply for me a, a project that I was interested in, now I'm looking to turn it into an active um, business. Okay. Well, that does make me feel slightly less guilty about all the free uh, platforms that I've listened to. Yeah, you, you should, because it's um, there are people out there that want to share 
and they want to share and they get pleasure from it and they also show, able to show their ex expertise and um, it's I think this is what the uh, the World Wide Web and the Internet is all about it's sharing uh, good knowledge with people that want to listen to it. Very well phrased Neville. Uh, what sort of podcasts do you like to listen to in your own time and do you have any recommendations for someone who's possibly never even listened to a podcast before? Yeah, well, if I go back to when I started to listen to podcasts, the reason I started listening to podcasts, or the, one of the first I listened to, was a podcast called Manager Tools. And it's still going. And again, if you go back, they deliver free content. And it's very good if you're looking to um, improve your management skills, I suggest you listen to it. And I learned a lot from it. And the reason I decided to use this podcast was because in China, I wanted to teach business skills. And one of the business skills I needed to teach was a handshake, because believe it or not, handshakes are not very common or weren't very common in China at the time. And I was doing this business training and I listened to the podcast because I wanted, as I said before, I needed to train a group of managers on how to do a handshake this podcast is 45 minutes long on a handshake and oh, wow. most people would think, how can you deliver a podcast on a handshake for that long and it, but it, it explains what a handshake is and it, it helps me a lot so there's that another podcast i used um in china was uh, quick and dirty tips by um grammar girl and me, me, it's a name I have problems pronouncing. Mihon Fogarty. Okay. Um, and you can get back to me and tell me I've said that wrong. And again, I was using that as a teaching aid for my students. And both of those podcasts are still going. And they've been going maybe since 2006, maybe even longer. Another podcast I listened in 2008, we had the financial crisis. So I felt I needed to brush up on my economics and I started listening to uh, The Disciplined Investor. And of course, he's still going. I think he's, he's probably one of the, the godfathers of podcasting, particularly in the economics and finance area. Uh, and he always has a guest, or he usually has a guest on, uh, that gives a different view or an alternative view. To, and so I've learned a lot from that. So I've used podcasts, and I still listen to those, I've used podcasts as an educational tool to help me understand more of what's going on. Recently, I've been listening to um, the Psychology Podcast. Um, I've forgotten the name of the host. But it's very good uh, in terms of what's going on in the world of psychology. And it's something that I you know, have a interested in, that I'm interested in, particularly with some of the mental health issues that are going on in and around entrepreneurship you know there's a lot of stress with entrepreneurs uh, it's something that um, I like many others are concerned with wow so there really there seems to be a podcast out there on almost any different on any topic oh yeah and the, the second part of what would I advise for somebody yes is whatever you're interested in uh, go to your um, podcast aggregator just type in a search with your keywords and see what pops up and then listen 
Sounds simple enough. Yeah. It's definitely a highly effective learning tool. Um, there's a lot of self-help podcasts out there. And I've definitely taken note of the ones you've just recommended. Uh, moving on to your workshops, Neville. You've hosted podcasting workshops at the Hive Lavender before, and the attendees really seem to benefit from these. Do you have any upcoming projects or plans you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, of course, I hope to continue with the workshops at the Hive. I find them very interesting. I get to meet a good range of people because podcasting crosses all sorts of boundaries. And this is where I hope that we can build a community because it's not, it's not about the competition between podcasters because there's a, I think there's a niche for everyone that is interested in podcasting. Um, personally, my, as well as my own uh, podcast series, which I tend not to... Um, it's not a regular uh, podcast, and that's deliberate because what I try to find is if I find somebody interesting or unusual in the world of entrepreneurship, then I'll have a conversation with them and put it out because I find that uh, there are plenty of other podcasts that do the entrepreneur space um, a lot more, um, I don't want to say better than me. but maybe More frequently? More, fre more frequently, but they... They, they view entrepreneurship in a particular way. And because of my um, background, I tend to want to look at the more creative side because my um, lecture is in creative industries entrepreneurship. So that's where the angle I'm coming from rather than the purely entrepreneurship. Um, I have a number of individuals that have approached me to work on or to help them with their podcasts, but I'm not at liberty at the moment to say what they are okay. and this again is something to do you know this is to do with the increase in podcasting but I have met with podcasters that have recently started publishing and they've uh, met with me and discussed you know what they should do how they should approach it more or less I've said the same thing I've said today just grab your mic and press record and just go for it yeah Neville you certainly seem like a value-added benefit to the podcasting community in Singapore. Uh, we're absolutely happy to have had you on the show today. Uh, I've learned some valuable information about podcasting, and I'm sure our listeners have too. Thank you for coming on the show today, Neville. It's been a pleasure, Erin. If anyone would like to check out Neville's podcasting platform, you can find his series at asiabizstories.com. And if you would like to attend any of Neville's podcasting workshops held at the Hive Lavender, you can keep an eye on our Facebook page as well as the events calendar at thehivelavender.com. You've been listening to the first episode of the Hive podcast series. If you would like more information on our studios or co-working options, please feel free to visit our website, The Hive Studios Singapore or drop us an email at contact at thehive.sg. To keep updated on our upcoming events and everything that's happening within our space, simply follow us on our Facebook page or on our website. Thank you again for listening, and look out for our episode 2 in January. 
This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to asiabizstories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Oh,